everyone. This is Nick Castle, better known as The Shape. And you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And Greg, I'm right out your window. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that, like that Dangerous Toys song, likes being scared. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're facing our fears as we sort through and talk some of our favorite scariest scenes in cinema. But before we get into that, let me remind you we are part of the Boom Howdy podcast network. Boom Howdy. You can find our past episodes at boomhowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen is to simply search for Nightmare Junket in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. Hop in your fear hole. And you can follow our shenanigans on social media. Over on Twitter, we are at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And even though this particular episode will be released in August, uh, here in the month of October, us horror fans, October is a special time, is it, it not? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Dun-dunt, dun-dunt. And here on Nightmare Junkhead, we obviously have a great time with it. We're going to have some fantastically themed episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, give you a hint there, it has to do with Halloween. Yep. <laughs> uh, but in the month of October, though, uh, we have some very special events that are going on that we want to make sure you're going ahead and putting down on your calendar. Mm-hmm. Save the date if you're in the Kansas City area or just in the Midwest these are road trip, roadworthy things. Absolutely. This, these are going to be worth your time. October 6th, the Kansas City Horror Club. What is going on, Genius? We are hosting a double feature, The Terror at the Drive-In, our second annual. It's going to be awesome. We're showing Night of the Creeps and Killer Clowns from Outer Space with an arts and crafts vendor right before. It's going to be a cool little swap and shop thing. Local artists, local vendors. It's going to be dope. And it's $10 a carload. So you can get your tickets at the Eventbrite site. Just go to Eventbrite, search Kansas City Horror Club Drive-In, and it is there. So Guaranteed to thrill you. Mm-hmm. Then the following week, uh, we're going to be road tripping. Yes. We're going to be traveling up to Atumwa, Iowa. <laughs> for the Halloween Palooza Film Festival, of which we are technically... Special guests. Which means we are indeed going to be podcasting live uh-huh. on October 13th. But, you know, don't come for us. Mm-mm. Make sure you're going for the films and also special guest to Halloween alumni. Uh-huh. Speaking of Halloween, uh, Nancy Keys. Oh, Paul. And Kathleen Kinmont. Whose <laughs> sheriff's daughters do by the book. Indeed they do. So make sure you are checking that one out. It is definitely going to be worth your time, I guarantee. And then uh, we will be doing the second, actually. Yes. Game of Games. What are we calling this? Round two, the <laughs> lightning <laughs> round. <laughs> uh, go back to our Panic Fest Live 2018 episode where we did our first little interaction of game show mm-hmm. we are indeed bringing that back so uh gear up on your horror knowledge start listening to some horror tunes yep. prepare yourself we guarantee a good time but save your energy because the following friday on october 19th at screenland tapcade the fourth annual nerdo ween it's gonna be awesome dude the fourth our uh, fourth horror marathon i cannot believe four years we've been putting that on now and Three films, you don't know what they are until we reveal and mm-hmm. screen them. And our theme this year, Genius? Sci-fi sleaze. It's going to get all squiddly-diddly. It will be gooey and gory. 
Again, a good time will be had by all, but make sure you show up early for that one. We will have a costume contest, trivia prizes, trailers. Shenanigans, fun time will be had by all. I, we, this one I can definitely guarantee mm-hmm. a good time. <laughs> oh, it's going to be glorious. So make sure you're checking out those dates in October, but also loads of other stuff that will be going on that month. Yep, we got more coming, so keep, uh, keep in tune because we got some cool more shit coming up. Well, Genius, let me ask you a question here. Um, obviously... You enjoy horror. I do. We uh, we enjoy horror. <laughs> Get out of here. Be really? bizarre if we didn't, right? <laughs> but what was it initially? Uh, what brings you to horror? What is it that brings you back to horror? Is it a just an element? Uh, what is it that keeps you crawling back here? <laughs> the the contract. The, con- I made, yeah. the, the contract I made with the devil. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> No, it's like, it's just whatever flavor you're in the mood for. If you want to get scared, if you want to laugh, if you want to do anything, whatever you want to do, horror's got your back. And that's what I think I keep coming back to horror. Whatever the season, whatever mm-hmm. the feeling, mm-hmm. you can find something horror-related. Yes. Well, you talked a little bit about, and you mentioned it, you talked about being scared. Uh-huh. And that's what ultimately one of the, I think, when it comes down to its like purest essence of horror films, is they're designed, ideally... To scare you. Right. To make you afraid. Mm-hmm. To make you afraid either of the dark, of of water, of sewer grates. Sewer grates. <laughs> <laughs> of, of, of street toughs. Indeed. Of, of anything. You know, they... You know, they, they bring us back to our most like primal instincts of survival. You know, you think about all the uh, the thematic elements out there of man versus nature, man versus himself, and yeah. so forth. And horror brings upon that. But it, again, the idea is to scare us, mm-hmm. is to make us afraid. And for a lot of people... They don't enjoy that, right? I mean, which is, <laughs> which is a bit detriment to them because I think it'd be a lot more fun. You know, life's no good without a good scare. I agree. I am one of those people. I, I don't necessarily seek it out, but you know, ever since I initially saw Halloween and it gave me that first taste of horror, I've just been hooked ever since. Right. And I do enjoy being scared. For me, I really want to go into my like. I go into a horror movie wanting to be scared and see that's that's one thing i don't get about like some horror fans and like i know this is gonna sound like you know why are you yelling at the audience i'm not yelling at the audience but some like man that was bullshit it wasn't scary or like going in going to like haunted houses professional haunted houses one like they ain't going to fucking scare me this is stupid going in with the front i like going into haunted houses to be scared i want to be scared i'm paying them money to be scared when i go to a scary movie i'm paying money to go see and be scared or dreaded or laugh or whatever but scared there's going to be an element of i want an element of horror in my horror movies you know there's an agreement Mm -hmm. going on with that Mm -hmm. no i and i I agree with you there as well as i've never understood that whole macho attitude and that's taken away from past previous theater experiences yes. for me as well. Mm-hmm. Just that horror. And I've never understood it. But again, I understand it existing. But also I understand people that just genuinely avoid horror at all. You know, I will talk to a lot of people and they're like, oh, you enjoy horror movies. And I'm like, yeah, and what do you not? And they're like, no, I stay away from them. I hate being scared. So there's a whole just probably half of the uh, you know populace out there right. that have no idea of just the wonderful world of horror and like you mentioned the complexity of it yeah the diversity of it because mm-hmm. a lot of them think it's all just scary movies or jump scares or right. you know just because i can understand a lot of people not wanting to be jump scares you know because there's sometimes where i'm like D- I, I don't need any more jump scares right in my now so 
No, I want I would I feel I want to feel like dread or I want to be light, but well, that there's also there's the complexity and diversity of scares mm-hmm. in those films, yes. and that's what you're touching upon there, and that's what I think I love about horror is there are like you said for every horror movie there's a you know a feeling for it, but for every horror movie there's a different kind of scare, yeah. And that's what we're going to focus on in this particular episode. And so we wanted to kind of put together our own list of movie scenes, specific scenes in films that either scared us back in the day, mm-hmm. scared us anew from like, a, you know, a viewing from yesterday. Right. But something that has really settled in on our psyche. Where we remember that scare. Yeah. And uh, this is the fun part for me because ultimately looking at this, I was like, well, man, I mean, what is it that truly scares me? Uh, Is it, again, the jump scare? Do I put that in there? So I tried to put together kind of a decent list that is complex, Mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, But honestly, you know, um, I'm going to start us off here because my first pick is not it's not a horror film. It's not a horror Jason film or anything like that. It is a pure fantasy flick. And I saw it in the theater, and maybe that's why it stuck with me. But let me just say this. The first two films, were there was no elements of this at all. It did not scare me. Uh, Superman 1 and 2. Just I knew it. Great. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Okay. No, no. It's, you know me well enough that <laughs> I saw Superman 1 and 2. Didn't see him in the theater. Saw them you know, on home viewing. Love the whole, the whole mythos. Going in to see Superman 3, I'm anticipating a good time. Richard Pryor's in the movie. Bonus for me. I love it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, (laughs) there's a scene in this particular film where uh, Robert Vaughn forces Richard Pryor and he makes him this huge supercomputer. And the supercomputer is the size of like a house. Right. I mean, it looks like it looks like the Technodrome. You know, it looks like a villain (laughs) in an NES game. Right. And ultimately, this supercomputer takes in Robert Vaughn's sister. They're trying to run away from it. And it sends this beam of light out, traps her and brings her into this computer. (sighs) It, no, and that's what happens is ultimately it makes her, it creates a cyborg, basically. But it's the transformation process in this film that scarred me as a kid. And I, I challenge anyone to go out and check it out <laughs> because what happens to her when they're filming it, you just see her face mm-hmm. and she's being slapped on with all this like cybernetic and stuff. And she are the noises she is making. Oh, it sounds at a young age, I was like, that's unpleasant. Yeah. There's something gnarly going on here. And I think ultimately it was kind of my first experience with like flesh and steel yeah. melding. And you get like that Cronenberg. Yes. All to, to the Iron Manny and shit. Like Long live the new flesh. Right. But that scene really scared me yeah. as a kid. And even watching it now, I see the seeds planted. Of all that kind of just scary, the kind of stuff that ultimately I would seek out. Techno horror the and techno, body horror. The body horror. Yeah. But it's funny because I said this and I put it out on social media at one point and I got a lot of responses of people having the same experience. In fact, to the point we've talked about before, kind of doing a not like a horror adjacent. Yeah. What do you get kids into horror? This is one of those accidental ones that I think because you can throw in because, you know, Superman 3 is great. It gives us like dark Superman. Right. <laughs> It's, Drunk Superman. Yeah, it's right. It's got its merits, but ultimately that piece just stuck in me, and to this day still scares me. Do that with a double feature of Dark Crystal. Oh, for two. Mm. No. If you want true nightmare fuel, that's where it starts. Because you know, I think Superman three came out before the Terminator. Yeah. So that was definitely preparing me. <laughs> Clark Kent. Oh, no. good lord. Lois Lane. <laughs> so. 
a uh, scary scene from a film. Your first pick there, genius. So I'm going to go ahead and go low-hanging fruit right off the bat. And and I'm gonna, it's kind of a twofer cheater one because I know we're talking about movies, but I have to give this one an honorable mention because it goes along with this one. And of course, I'm talking about Chud, the scene of where... The hand comes from the sewers, grabs the woman, drags her down. That's all I had to see in the, the fucking trailer. I was going to say, that's, all, that's it's- all I had to see. And I was just terrified from the word get. That and the honorable men, and I've gone on nauseam about those fucking chuds, right? But then that, and which is strikingly similar, the homunculus scene from Tales from the Dark Side when, <laughs> right? When she's lifting her feet off of the ground and up the, on the bed and that humunculus hand just almost swipes her just like a mill of a second. Just she would have been tortured. That scene freaked me out. And so those that scene still is scary. To yeah. this day, I will contend <laughs> that is a terrifying Savini's scene. work in that movie Fuck. or in that little segment is unreal. Yeah. So Chud and Tales from the Dark Side humunculi. Great pick. In fact, I kind of have an honorable mention as well here. I forgot to talk about it, but and it's interesting because it's they were both theatrical experiences for me. But the opening scene of Scream, that initial scene, that was a good one. That opening night when I went and saw it, I was so frightened and scared. Wes Craven had just built up that entire sequence. It was masterfully done to the Mm -hmm. point that that initial reveal of Ghostface. I don't, I don't know if I screamed, but I may have. And if I did, I would not doubt it. But by the time that Casey, and spoiler alert here, right. is killed, it's become scary to so sad when her, her folks are hearing her over the phone. But I have been, and I've said it every time I've ever like hosted a screaming of Scream, I've been chasing that dragon for that like taste of fear. It was just so pure and wonderful. It was so good. But the other one, honorable mention, is... Um, the ending of the Blair Witch Project. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you the Blair Witch because the Blair Witch, except the ending confused me when I first saw it, but the whole movie scared the shit out of me when I was young. And it was really funny because in 99, listen, I knew I wasn't watching a snuff film. I know this wasn't necessarily real, but in 99, in like the infancy of the internet, when you could put it out that... I bought the hype. I bought the. I ate that shit up. I when when Blair. I remember seeing the Blair Witch in the movie theater, and I'm like, "This is fucking real." There's, I, there's a website site. on it. I, that's it's real. That's true. There's there's look. There's paper. There's new dude. We're gonna see some ill shit. Dude, let's go. And I the whole movie. I was like, uh, I was. Tense. Oh, I tense. was terrified. And I mean, I was genuinely scared. And then the ending happened. And then I was like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Right. So like for the whole movie, I was so scared. But that ending confused the See, hell out the of me. The ending terrified me even more because and I remembered you talk about being tense. My knees were aching so badly from mm-hmm. being so scrunched up throughout that entire film. <laughs> and I just sat there just speechless, but was so terrified from that experience and it was wonderful it's a a wonderful memory again i am still seeking it out to this day but the weird thing about the blair witch is i don't like found footage but i don't even i'm it's still a good movie but i can never see it you blair witch now the same way you saw the same way i saw it then and so then from now on for me it's been kind of tainted it's just been kind of 
diminishing returns. Exactly. And it's sad. Well, it, we, it, very much seeking out that dragon, seeking that experience again, you know, when you see something for the first time. Yeah. There's a joy to that. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. It can't be recreated, sadly. But my next pick here comes from a master of horror. Mm-hmm. We've talked about many of his films uh, on this podcast, not this particular one. And in fact, when you mention Toby Hooper, most people, for the most part, what do they think? They think Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Indeed, indeed, which is a terrifying film. However, we think of like... <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We go, I, I immediately think Life Force. Yeah, me too. That's, that's, <laughs> I don't know what that says about us as individuals. <laughs> but ultimately, my pick comes from a, a film that is very underrated. Um, I don't necessarily underseen, but I'm going to tell you the, the movie title, and I can guarantee you know exactly the scene I'm talking about, but it's a Stephen King adaptation. It was a made-for-TV film. Oh, God. Yes. Uh, Salem's Lot. Oh, that kid. Yep. Oh, that, that yep. sound, yep. the rapping of the window. Even yep. in movies nowadays, whenever I hear that, I expect the vampire kid. You know what I'm saying? It could be a fucking, uh, it could be a lifetime movie, and it's the vampire kid raping at the window. No, 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 no. Fuck that kid. <laughs> He's terrifying. He's fucking terrifying. Thank you. That's, I mean, literally, that's... <laughs> You did not see my notes beforehand, but no, that is a scene that has no. burned forever in my psyche. Mm-hmm. And the exact same thing to this day. Mm-hmm. If I hear anything creeping or creaking on the window, it's the vampire kid. It's the or it's going to be you going, you know, come out and podcast, right? Twirling around, <laughs> I got like the headphones, the mic. I'm right, I'm, I'm, I'm scratching with, with the, the microphone. Mic. <laughs> It's, it's theater of the mind. ASMR. You know, just like... See you in your dreams. <laughs> da, 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 da. All up in your vamp hole. Just... Writes itself. All up in your Salem's lot. And, and you know what? We're making fun of it because we're... Because sc- scared. We're scared of it's, it. It's a way to... That's, that, that's, that's a coping, coping mechanism. mechanism. Exactly. Because that scene, when I saw it the first time, mm-hmm. uh, and this is on television, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be, I'm in my house, I'm safe. Channel 9. Yep. Fucking Channel 9 on like a Tuesday night at 8.30 at night. And you're like, holy fucking shit. It's, yeah. You forget, oh yeah, it's Toby Hooper. Tobey Hooper yeah. will do, even on TV, will mess you up. Yeah. <laughs> and yet, yeah, to this day, it still haunts my dreams. It, it's, it's, you put Salem's Lot in your Google search, and that's probably what comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's and Barlow's a great vampire. But it's, the vampire kid is the scariest one. Yeah, forever. Fuck that forever, kid. Fuck forever, that forever kid. haunting me. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> so, genius, another scary scene for you. I'm gonna stick with the Tobey Hooper, and this man knows how to create dread and horror and terror. And this is one that I've never seen until last year. So this is not a childhood fear this, this is, is a new one this is a new one and this is an old movie and it's tobey hooper's eaten alive refer back to last year's into the mouth of march madness the 1977 edition this movie i texted you i t- i texted you after that's it man fuck this movie dude i i was i was on i literally i remember being balled up on my with like legs up in like not a fetal position but i'm like hunched and i'm just like holy shit because fucking you have this little girl who you 
clearly she does what well, didn't read the script because she's selling this horror because <laughs> she doesn't know what's going on. And as an audience, we don't know what's going on. Nope. She's running around underneath this thing, and it's this feeling of dread because she's one, she's being chased by this clearly unhinged man who I oh, swear was really unhinged. Not acting at all. No, I don't think he was acting with a scythe that I'm surprised he didn't think it was real. He's chasing this little girl in this rat-infested underground thing. So right there, I'm off the bat. There's rats running around all over and on her, and I'm freaking out already. She's crawling around, and I'm I'm tense. She goes over, tries to get out through the pond, and a big-ass alligator almost bites her fucking head off. I jump. I ah! And then as soon as she comes back, the, si- the sickle comes down right in front of her. What? I just, it was just the one two punch just got me. I'm like, I literally yelped. I was like, go! And so then I was like, dude, fuck That's- this movie. <laughs> fuck this movie. I love that movie. It's so weird, but that was a great scare. That's why he's one of the masters of horror. He could craft a good scare. It was and- just the dread, the feeling of dread throughout because the whole movie it's just so what the fuck is going on the camera angles and everything so you're already discombobulated from the get and he just builds that simmer to a boil and just pops it and it's a it is a toby hooper film Mm -hmm. so you know we talked before about frank hennenlotter and his aesthetic it's dirty south it's very dirty south it Mm -hmm. is (laughs) yeehaw yes it is that's a great pick. No, and that's and that's the best part when we did the whole Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament was not only, again, to interact with other podcasts, but to experience films that Martin, some of these first-time watches that were such yeah. great, just, oh, my God, just, I'm so happy. Yeah. I, and you now have that scare. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I've I seen a movie that I think is very underseen yeah. and needs Well, actually, to be Arrow more. put a Blu-ray out on it as well. No, it deserves it because that was a fucking scary movie. It, it's it's a fantastic one. Definitely seek it out there, especially for uh, early Robert Englund. Mm-hmm. Um, My name is Buck and I drive a truck. Yeah. Born in the mountain, raised in the cave. Fucking and trucking is all I crave. Tarantino definitely saw, has a sweet part on that one. Uh, but my, uh, my third pick here is this also is low-hanging fruit. Uh, but again, that fruit sometimes is just so delicious. But seeing this film recently, seeing its effect on a theater, today's audiences, again, going back to a master of horror, but Wes Craven's original Nightmare on Elm Street, to me this day is still one of the great scary films. The, the, the long arm thing? Yeah. That scared the shit out of me, too. Because, like, not to your degree, but at the oh. same, that is such an iconic it, image. That so, I, and actually, when I think back to the stuff that really truly sticks with me is everything that is tied to Tina. Her initial dream yeah. sequence when there's that shot of her in the boiler room, and it's that great shot where she's walking towards the camera, and then Freddie pops up behind her in such a way that is so simple in terms of he's just crouching and ready for the camera to pass. But then ultimately, in her, you know, her line of sight, he he's just out of the nowhere. And that one still scares an audience because it's such a great, it's a great crafted scare. It's just, and like you said, he's just crouching behind waiting so for the simple. right time. It's a simple, well-timed scare. And that's what makes the best ones. But ultimately that sequence when down the alleyway, when his arms are extended, because you see a, just a real quick shot of it in the trailer and that always stuck with me yeah. because in my, let's see, 84, 85, in my, you know, eight-year-old brain, there's no way to get around Freddy. His arms can extend. You can't run around him. He's mm-hmm. always 
going to get you. And that scared me. And to this day, and even the way it looks, yeah. to this day, a lot of them, they were afraid initially because they were doing like um, pull work, Wire basically. work. Yeah. They were like afraid you could see the wires, but... And they were like afraid it didn't look natural enough, but I think because the dream sequence and the state that you're in, it does look unnatural and it makes it even more frightening. Yes, it does. Because if it looked natural, if it was just like a Mr. Fantastic, right. it looks stupid. If it was digital or CGI at this point, it's not going to have the same tangible but, feel. Yeah, but the fact that it was tangible and things were moving and all that, yes, it is. it was terrifying. It really was, and it's one of those things that to this day still scares me. Even Tina's demise, that entire yeah, sequence there. That's a rough one, too. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. And again, I challenge you to go back that original film still scares to this day and then to bring her back up out of nowhere and the, the no running in the hallway you know and just oh, the body bag sequence yeah. so many tina people, has it rough tina does have it rough yeah. people forget how mean wes craven is <laughs> yeah because of how you know ultimately freddie got just kind of watered down eventually but it's him he's mean he's horrible horrible in that one so yeah i have still again low-hanging fruit but damn it's delicious so next pick there genius so the other day i'm driving down in this backwoods road and really like it was like earlier two days ago fair enough i was like well interesting right i'm driving from desoto to home and there's this winding road that's just nothing but like trees and stuff and then there's a couple of other roads you can take that will wind up you get deeper in the woods and I don't want any part of that and I'm thinking Satanists are going to get me or I'm going to break down and Jason's going to get me but I'll be okay as long as I don't see and this is where I'm going the kid on a bike if I see a kid on a bike and I see him again then I know that I am toast I'm dead that is the harbinger of death and i am 100 percent sure of that that if i see the kid multiple times and he get old all of a sudden i'm gonna die in the mouth of madness john carpenter's one of his masterpieces that is such a terrifying dreadful scene that it sticks with me in the real world so i take it you do read sutter king <laughs> i do <laughs> i do no i don't because i don't want to wind up in the movie theater like laughing at my own self I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast, but I was driving over to your house. Do you, you, you had, you've never told this story on the podcast. You should. This because is a great this story. Is appropriate here. Much like you, I don't necessarily live my life by a horror movie, but I understand the tropes when I see them. Right. You know, exactly. I can recognize something. If something <laughs> ill is going on, I'm like, oh, well, this is funny. Yeah, you don't need a crazy Ralph all up in your ears. Go to death, Chris. Like, yep, okay, bye. Not at all. <laughs> right. So you live on you live in Kin City, Kansas. Right. I'm not as familiar with the suburb area in your little in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving your way and I I pass a person on a bicycle. And whenever I do, whenever I do, I always just, ha ha, what we weird if they have the white hair and I see them again. Right. It won't happen. So I realize I'm low on gas. And I'm like, okay, I need to probably stop and get gas before I get to your house. And there's, there was, I think there's at least two normally open gas stations on my way to your house that I know how to get to your place. Right. Because again, if I go off the street. <laughs> Too far, yeah. And I'm stuck in the suburb, I'm, I don't know what's going on. Sadly, the first gas station I go to, all the pumps are dead. And I'm like, oh, that's a bummer, you know. Right. But I know there's another gas station yeah. ahead. I'm good. I'm good. You know, my my little lights blinking. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. So I'm I'm you know rolling down there. Next gas station is closed. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, no biggie. I know. I go across the way. There's a main street to your you know in between your house that I know there's a ton of gas stations. Yeah. So I take a right on a street I'm not familiar with. Oh no. And <coughs> I'm lost for a good 15 minutes. 
<laughs> and with each no it wasn't 15 it's was probably like five to ten but it seemed like an hour and a half i thought <laughs> right but with like each passing 30 <laughs> seconds and i'm starting like after about like maybe a two minutes or three minutes i started texting you because i'm like i think i'm lost i don't know what's going on so eventually i finally find my way back to a main street and i'm like okay i'm good and as i pull and i take a right <laughs> Who is sure enough in front of me on their bicycle and for a brief millisecond, for a millisecond, I was like, oh my God, I'm in a Sutter Kane novel. It's happening. It's really happening. Do you read Genius McGee? (laughs) Now, after that millisecond, I'm like, no, I'm fine. But my God, because being lost in there, Mm -hmm. I was like, what is happening? I'm a grown man. I can navigate these things. And I was too stubborn to like do Google Maps. And, oh, it was frightening. And I started panicking because I'm afraid I'm going to run out of gas. Oh, and so I started getting heightened emotionally. And then when I saw him, oh, my God. And it's all informed on the Carpenter masterpiece. Right. In the mouth of madness. It was horrible. It was so terrifying. It's it's terrifying. And I laughed because I'm like, oh, I just had a genius moment, like walking on grates, you know, going swimming in a lake. Right. Oh. But how does horror inform us and can bring you real life scares? Exactly. It's wonderful. Uh, I need to pick up that Blu-ray that just came out on the Shout Factory. Let's see here. So oh, uh, I'm going to stay with the master here. No, you know what? I'm going to go off key here. I'm going to stay and go with a recent one. In fact, I will give you credit because you technically mentioned it. But I think ultimately these particular scares in this film are a great combination of dread and jump. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Adam Green's Digging Up the Marrow. Fun film. I like it a lot. I'm a I, big fan of it. Me too. And for me, this the this, this scene is the big reveal with the giant head. Yep. You guys know what we're talking about. I'm not spoiling anything. And, and chicken. Oh, the reveal of chicken. Fuck chicken. <laughs> I had those visceral responses the first time I saw that film. Dude, I lifted my legs I lifted up. my, yep. <laughs> I did the same thing. Involuntarily, like, whoa! That was unreal. <laughs> like a fucking Tom and Jerry cartoon. Ah! <laughs> Jumping on stools and lifting up a dress. And I shit. would not have blamed you. Right? I would not have blamed you. <laughs> then the jump scare, when they they go, hit the lights, hit the lights. And there's such a buildup. Well, well done. Mm-hmm. And what's so funny, though, is the kind of the, the payoff to that whole scare is they're showing people, and again, if you don't know the premise, it's such a wonderful film. I don't want to spoil it, but everyone's like, "Oh, that's that's that looks great. Who did the work?" <laughs> right, that's cool. What's what you got next? What's I'm the like... movie? Yeah, it's such a fun little film, and I will say, Ray Wise is so good in that. He's the reason to watch the film. Forget the special effects and the scenes. Just what, listening to him, his character work, perfect. He's terrifying. Yeah, he has a good. He He's gives unhinged. a good couple of good jump scares, but he has when he has that speech and that music. That the old timey music, yeah, that was very unsettling. That was crazy unsettling, and that kind of like it's an interesting segue to my next pick, um, because it's not necessarily the movie itself, but it's a song from a movie that just fills me with terror and dread, and it's the Candyman theme. Dun, 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 dun. We get classy on the podcast occasionally. Even when we have it as bumpers, like it just sends this it sends this it's visceral unsettling. shiver up my spine. I mean, like I'm like, oh god. I mean, it's just it's very 
melodic, very scary, very thematic, and like I know ill shit is going to happen whenever I hear that theme. What is music if not for listening? Exactly. There is a scene in Candyman where after spoilers here, he kills the the, the, the psychiatrist and he exits from the building with that like reverse Yes. The first I the, I don't again, I don't know if I scream or yelp the first time I saw that, but rewatching it not too long ago, I did a ah! Mm-hmm. Because it's so unnatural looking, and it's, and it's again, this is probably one of the best horror films of the '90s. Yeah, he's coming out on Blu-ray as well later in the year. Thank you, Shout Factory and Scream. That. I love Candyman. The first Candyman is to me a fucking horror masterpiece. It's a film. Yeah, it is a horror. You can watch. You can rank that up there with like Halloween as a film. Capital F. Yeah, yeah. Bernard Rose kills that particular. Oh, it's so good. Oh, and but, Tony Todd. But the theme. Oh. Philip Glass. Oh, that, 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 oh, it's just, it's the, you know, it's just, the, it's, I can't even, I can't listen to it. Even if it's something even remotely classical sounds like it, it's like, <laughs> you just don't want to repeat anything five times. Right. Stay away from the mirror. Well, my next pick here, I'm going to go horror adjacent, although I will call it a straight horror film, uh, but Jonathan Demme's Silence of the Lambs. Now, not. Not that scene. I got a memorable scene about that one, too. Well, funny enough, I did see this in the theater with my folks. So that scene in (laughs) and of itself was weird. Mm -hmm. A little kind of scary. But no, the one I'm talking about is ultimately the the end scene when he dons the goggles and is stalking Clarice. And you get that point when he is his hand is right in front of her and it's pitch black. She can't see it, but we, the audience, can. And he's about to, yeah made my skin crawl but ultimately what really stayed with me though that scene itself was super scary but when we went home i made my dad search the house before i would walk in because i don't know the combination of buffalo bill and the fact that you know hannibal lecter was out there having an old friend for dinner right i could be an appetizer i don't know <laughs> he's coming in like man makes your skin crawl but don't make your skull too much <laughs> it makes the membrane hard are you about a size 32 Bunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, a weird kind of like, oh, what am I watching? This is awkward with my folks, you know? Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, again, a memorable movie-going experience and such a good scare. Again, mm-hmm. that's a film, another one that won an Academy Award. This is something you can show to normies, The Silence of the Lambs. It comes down to it, it's a horror movie. Yeah. Same thing with like Jaws. Oh, that's maybe an honorable mention there. <laughs> Next pick there, Genius McGee. Okay, so uh, it kind of ties back into um, Adam Green, but it kind of doesn't in a roundabout way. So I'm going to talk about a little scare. I always love it when like I'm enhanced William Castle scares. And like, God rest your soul, you had this little cat that would scare the shit out of me on a regular basis to the point where like, there was one time I literally almost peed my pants. It scared me so bad. And going back to why Adam Green, I was gonna, that's going to be an honorable mention of my hatchet scare. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so we're watching this movie, this little independent horror movie. And I highly recommend this movie. I, I, I find it, it, it's a weird premise when we're talking. About, it's called Mulberry Street. And it's about were rats. But it's such an interesting, well done, like little independent gorilla movie, and it's very scary. It's very scary. And for me, with my phobia of rat, <laughs> right, my phobia of rats in the first place, it's already kind of terrifying, right? So there's this particular scene where it's like getting real tense, and Kitty knew, 
she had a very good timing. Impeccable. Impeccable timing. And this isn't the first time she scared me. We're watching it. So she likes to she liked to, to jump on my lap right when the scare. So we're watching. And she would sneak up on you too. Mm-hmm. So the jumping on the lap came out of nowhere. Right. So she would do like even in Tales from the Dark Side, right when the cat jumps out of the uh, Buster Poindexter's mouth, she would jump on my lap and I'm like, whoa. Right. But this particular time, Mulberry Street, so the way we were sitting down here in your basement, you had the speakers behind me. And so I already heard this on the side on the wall. It sounded like it was coming through the walls. And then right when like uh, the one of the were rats was about to attack, Kitty jumps on me. And I don't know if I threw her, but I was like, ah! I like, like audibly yelled. Like, yeah. <laughs> always talk about the, the shared experience, the communal experience of the theater. You know what? Sometimes <laughs> that home experience can be just as good. Right. <laughs> Kitty, definitely. In fact, we did an entire episode on Mulberry Street. Go back. It was one of our first 10, if I remember right. So it's probably an entirely different podcast. And I know we talked about that. She comes up many a times. Yeah, it was just one of those. I don't know what she loved you more than anything, but she also but liked she loved to fuck with me. Yes, yeah. She, she like she knew it. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that was a very memorable experience. I'm glad I'm glad she was able to enhance that for you. Mm-hmm. So my next pick here is I'm going again, low-hanging fruit. I'm going with the master. This is uh my pick of John Carpenter. Um this film it there's a reason it walked away with the Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament this year, Halloween. Ding-ding. The original, it's a I, I mean the entire <coughs> movie for me is just all one big scene that yeah. has scared me as a kid. As a teenager, as a young adult, as an adult, whatever I am now, I'm still terrified. It's probably one of the most perfect horror movies. For me, it truly is. Yeah. It's a film that it's I can watch it at any point, but specific scenes, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> to me, any time where Cundy really takes into effect here, <laughs> like that yeah. shot where, the, the, where we get, dare I say, the Streets of Fire-esque raven reveal, uh-huh. where you see the shape in the background when he rises up. He turns yes. his head. There's really awesome YouTube footage, or I guess it's just audio footage, of a crowd reacting in 1978 to that scene. And you can hear the screams. Are just It made me tear up. I was just so happy listening to it going, that's awesome. Yeah, and but, validation. <laughs> straight validation. <laughs> but for me, the ultimate pinnacle of the ones that scare me, it's kind of it's a combination and it's a lead up. It's multiple scares. It's when the the trio of the uh, of Jamie Lee Curtis, Nancy Keys, and PJ Souls are walking down the sidewalk. They're doing their girl thing, and then Michael the shape drives by in the car, and you get the oh, hey jerk speed kills, and he stops, and then you just it's kind of unsettling. They move forward. Okay, didn't think anything of it, but then the next shot, when he does a little peering his head around the bush, mm-hmm. and then scary, very oh so scary. But then the build up, the climax is when Lori is home. And she looks out the window, and there's just the bits of sh- there's the sheets and everything, and it takes you a second to look, but there he is. The shape is just staring at her. <laughs> yep. And their eyes lock, and she sees their eyes lock, and she walks. That to me, my God, that haunted me then. It haunts me today, to the point. Yeah. Where I still in my front my front living room here, I have a big bay window, and I have this big lot across the way that's empty. And I don't know how many times I do it a day, but I will always look out there and I'm just, I'm waiting. I anticipate every time. 
the shape is going to be staring at me back that way one day. <laughs> You're like, it's, when you don't see it, like, okay, I get to live ooh, another day. Exactly. Right? Like, okay. I have a little marking on my wall every day. <laughs> one oh, of these days. <laughs> last shape sighting. Right. <laughs> but I say all that because ultimately one night I'm up in my room, which faces the same little lot, little area. And I'm watching probably just a bunch of horror trailers. And I hear something outside. Enough that it's loud that Lola wakes up and she looks. So I put everything on mute. And again, I always just jokingly kind of prepare myself. Oh, if it's the shape out there. And I look out and I don't see anything across the way. Well, I happen to look down at the base of my steps. And my eyes are locked with another set of eyes. Yes, indeed. Now, granted, it was only a cat. Still... I had the effect. I did the Laurie Strode where I backed away one step and went, ah! Right? And I laughed at myself because I was like, but it was so weird because the cat, our, our gaze is locked at the same time. Like it knew when to look up when I was looking down. It was so freaky. And it was just for, again, that millisecond. Like, oh my God, something right? heinous is going to happen. Animals are scary. Fucking animals are scary as shit, dude, because they know how to fuck with you. Like, they can pick a, up on our pheromones. Fuck yeah, there was a bat in my room one time, and I'm terrified of the bat, and I tried to get closer to like, catch it, and he's like, what? And I'm like, gah! And I like ran. I ran. Like, I, I fucking ran to another room. He didn't even move. He just went, Ugh. Like, fucking. They, they understand it. They know it. But yeah, it's the fact that it culminated in that, even though it was just a cat. Cat's eye, if you right. will. <laughs> It was terrifying regardless. So, yeah, no, Halloween has to this day. And even in my mind, I'm pretty sure when our, our gaze is locked for a second, I'm sure in my mind it went, dee uh-huh. instinctively, just because yeah, that's, what happens. that's what happens. When all the synapses fire that way, it's just bound to happen. So, no, uh, let's see. Next pick there, Genius. Um, this one is kind of like not a cheat again, but it's leading up to a feeling of dread because I know I'm about to get my heart broke. And that's Pet Cemetery. There's this scene right before Gage gets plowed by the car that is so, or by the truck, it's so intense and so scary because the first time I saw it, I, it was in the theater and like I had a, I had a visceral reaction because I'm already tense and scared. And about the time um, this movie came out, my brother was a little bit around Gage's age and we live on a busy street. And so, like, I'm seeing this play out, and the, the the scene is playing out the same thing in my mind, and I'm just tense, 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 and then it happened, and I'm like, I, like, yelped, and then I just yeah. broke, and then I just broke, and so I'm young in the theater, and I had to go out and calm compose myself, but ever since then, whenever I see anything like that, oh, yeah. you know, I just, I'm tense, 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 and just, like... And to the point where even when we showed it in the theater, I didn't want to see that scene because I was going to be afraid and then bummed. You know what I'm saying? So it was like a feeling of fear to sadness. Generally, when we enjoy being scared, it's a good cathartic fun release. Right. We laugh about we laugh sometimes after we're scared. Yeah. But, but this one is was nope. fear. Yeah. And so that's why it's a different kind of fear. But it's a fear that still sticks with me. It's effective regardless. Yeah. But again, the complexity of the scares, the diversity, they exist for many reasons. Right. So yeah. that being said, do you have any other honorable mentions that we can get to? Um, it. Ah. Uh. It feared the Forever. fuck out of just the well clowns and balloons and sewer grates and all that shit and uh, no 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 it's so much to the point you live your life and and fire in the sky, fuck 
that. I'll tell you what. We'll eventually we'll come back and we'll do another episode with some deeper pulls on this one because that one we could spend an entire episode on. So look for look for our fears part two coming soon. Until next time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we will see you in your dreams. (laughs) 